This is the Honest CEO Show, hosted by the Honest CEO, Caroline Kennedy. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and motivated by the honest stories from passionate, extraordinary business people who share their ups and downs and their learnings on the journey to building success in business. Welcome, and thanks for joining me today. My guest is Diem Fugersberger, CEO and co-founder of Burger Ingredients. Arriving in Australia as a child refugee from Vietnam with no belongings, no home and no English, Diem has risen from challenging beginnings to be a proud, passionate and values-driven businesswoman. As co-founder and CEO of Burger Ingredients, Diem and her husband have built a multi-million dollar food manufacturing business. Burger Ingredients is now the supplier behind many high-profile food brands, including Primo Small Goods, as well as the home brands of major supermarkets, including Coles, Woolworths and Aldi. DM is passionate about supplying Australian-sourced, nutritiously balanced, sustainable packaged foods into Australian household and has recently realised her dream launching her own food range, Coco and Lucas Kitchen, which is Australia's first junior foods range of delicious, healthy, pre-packed meals for 3 to 12-year-olds, with her vision to see the brand distributing through over 2,000 supermarkets nationally. Welcome to the show, DM. Thank you so much for being here and congratulations for everything that you've achieved to date. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me part of the podcast. Um, This is very exciting. It will be my first time, so I'm very grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Now, you arrived in Australia as a child refugee from Vietnam with no belongings, no home and no English it must have been a journey for you. Tell us about your childhood. Um, my childhood is always has been colourful. Um, I, I, as long as I could remember, we left in Vietnam in 1979 and we came by a little boat to the big boat. So the big boat is the, the boat that takes us to the refugee island. It's uh, it's called um it's called Double O One, the boat's name. Okay. And it was about twenty five meters long with five hundred and one people on the boat. So we didn't have such a thing as having our own room on the boat. We'll get a little tiny space. And um the boat captain has forecast for us to just have enough snack and water to get us to the one of the um Indonesian islands by within three days. So we were basically, and this is no exaggeration, squash like tuna, and there's only, um, you know, like there's no proper rooms to, to sleep or anything. So we, we were on the boat with um, all my relatives and my family and our nannies. So we we were on the boat for about Two days. After two days, we were intercepted by uh, pirates, which took all our belongings. <sighs> and after that, there was really, really bad storms and and turbulence on the sea, and they nearly capsized our boat. And then uh, about six hours later, we were saved by um, another boat called Bologna. And it's an experience where I remember um, we. The majority of the people that were on the boat, out of 501 people, probably only 
one fifth of the people could swim. So if one of us fell into the water, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could just all drown and die. So, you know, after the turbulence of, of getting robbed and, and, and the storm, uh, there was another thing where they nearly took my two, they took my two cousins and we thought that they were going to rape them. But luckily something happened and they gave our cousins back to us. Mm. Um, so when the boat that saved us, I, I remember climbing up the ladder to the big boat. I, I, I never forget the experience because I felt like if I actually fall down that ladder, I would just die. So from that big boat, it took us another day to get to an island called Galang, which is um, an, an, uh, an, a refugee island in Indonesia. Yeah. And how old were you yeah. at that time? I was um, um, seven, seven years old. Yeah. So um, and and my, I remember that my I, I had um, my mum had to cut my hair back short like a boy to look like um, so I look like a tomboy so you know I won't get um, attacked on 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 the boat if there were pirates we we were aware of the pirates along the way so and and being on the refugee island um, we live in a longhouse and we share with five other families. So the only way to separate the rooms, it was just simply um, a piece of material, like a curtain that we put up. And uh, we, I stayed there for 15 months. Um, uh, one of my uncles who arrived in Australia in 1978, he were, uh, he had seven sons. And um, my uncle uh, did the executive decision to have all his sons sponsor uh, the five families that were on the refugee islands. So we waited for anywhere between 12, 12 months to 24 months for all the care family to arrive in Australia. So we have to wait and make sure that our health and everything has, um, you know, tick all the boxes for our visa to get approved. And when I was on the island, there was two things that um, that I, I never forget is um, one of the families that stayed on the same um Longhouse with us, um, he committed suicide, oh. um, and that was my first experience because he didn't want because to get a visa, the whole family had to be health hundred percent for Australia or America or Germany to take us, yeah. and he felt like he was holding his family back, so he he had epilepsy. So he committed suicide. Hmm. And the other thing was there were malaria, so you know there was kids dying every single day, uh, but. At the same time, there was the pure experience of my childhood where we had so little to play with, you know, just sticking stone or just going to the beach So and or, or having a shower in the forest. It's just, you know, I was young. Like, I didn't all, – all the all these things sort of shape who I am today. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so there, there was the bad, bad experience, but there was the beautiful, naive experience as well. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. that it – that experience and a lot of people who go through a challenging childhood, mm-hmm. they're resilient and their resilience allow them to to just push through anything and push through really challenging times. And I mean, you've built a multi-million dollar food manufacturing business, yes. you know, and, and to do that, you would have needed a lot of resilience. But tell us, where did it all begin your business journey? My business journey started as, um, I believe, you know, I, 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 I want to credit all the little jobs that made me who I am today. So 
my really first first job was selling clothes at Affluent Market, and I think that taught me survival because you know I was very young. I was like fourteen, so I had to pretend to act older so no one could. To, in a way to protect myself and to look after myself. So I think that's where my resilience started. Yeah. And also when I arrived in Australia, you know, back in the 80s, Asians or refugees were not so easily accepted. So there was a lot of bullying. So that also made me resilient. And um, and then my, my uh, first real, real job was working in a duty-free for about six months. And then I've moved into um, working as a um, cosmetic consultant. Um, that also, you know, is something that I love to do. And then I, I, I work, uh, and then my next job was working at um, at Optus and as an international operator. And that gave me insights to talking to a lot of international operators around the world. That's why I know all the country code. <laughs> and I, And then I... I used to uh, not just do, you know, a full-time job at a corporate firm, but I come home and help my mother with her restaurant. And that, that I think, that actually was the first real business that taught me business skills. And, and um, you know, my, my mum, when as young as when I was around uh, 15, mum started making me roll 1,800 spring roll perfectly in three days and wontons. And that's where I start waitressing and handling money. It, it, it's the start of, you know, what business is without unconsciously, you know, I didn't know that was the start of the business for me. But now I look back at it, um, I used to not, um, I don't know why, I thought, oh, my mum, she's following me, she's making me work so much. But she really, you know, shaped the beginning of my business. But how I founded Burger Ingredients in 2009 was out of necessity. What kind of necessity? Well, because in 2009, um, you know, through the financial crisis, through my husband's business, the, the, the fail of my, business, of my husband's business called Quality Ingredients, he built it up um, in 15 years to 120 employees with um, a $30 million turnover. So the business collapsed due to three things. Uh, uh, the financial crisis started in 2008, and then we were we, uh, through bad management, and then through also, um, you know, two huge clients didn't, didn't pay us a lot of money in the millions. And, and fourthly, we moved from a small factory to a 20,000 square meter factory and, you know, to buy the land and the factory and the renovation of the new factory has also crippled our cash flow. Yeah. So, you know, in 2009, uh, we lost everything, you know, Caroline. And for me, that's probably the worst thing that ever happened to me because I was an adult. I could understand, you know, to lose everything. And it was worse than just arriving in Australia because that's, and I said to my husband, you know, I came to Australia hoping for a better life. But in 2009, we were in debt to my family $900,000 and we were homeless. We didn't have a car. And then I still had two children to raise, you know. So I have a choice to either, you know, I say, forget about everything and move to another state and not take responsibility. Or I have a choice to have a good cry and mobilize my whole family and work with my family and just, you know, really negotiate my way through everything. Like, you know, um, I, I, if you ask me, 
would I do it today? I couldn't believe I did it in 2009. But I tried to, I think it's all about good, good negotiation and asking people to work with you. So in 2009, um, 28th of July, 2009, that's when my husband lost everything. Uh, I don't know what happened, Caroline, but on the 20th of August, I started to apply an ABN online yep. to start burger ingredients. And burger stands for, in German, means mountain. <laughs> uh, so when I and it's half of my surname, yeah. And I wanted to have a company that represents half German, yeah. yeah so that, that's when I started building ingredients. Yeah. Well, congratulations because you know the the story you've just told us. What I take out of that, firstly, is that adversity really does make you stronger. You don't realize until you go through a really challenging time and you hit rock rock bottom just how strong you are and clearly you're a very strong woman and I think for our listeners the lesson there is and I love that you can articulate the key reasons why the business failed and first bad management and that is so true if you're a business owner even if you have management within your organization you need to be across all of it you need to be across the numbers you need to be across yeah. what's going on in the business that doesn't mean that you need to do it but you certainly yeah. need to have visibility on everything because at the end of the day the buck stops with you and it's your business that's right. you know that's very right yes and then mm-hmm. another key point i took out of that for the listeners is from a business perspective, you know, the risk factors associated with being reliant on big clients. So, for instance, you said mm-hmm. two of your clients didn't pay the bills and they millions of dollars, which says to me millions, that yeah. that they were, from a market share perspective, they were a couple of your biggest clients. And as soon as yes. you start to rely on one source or two sources of massive income – and mm-hmm. something affects them, then that has a flow-on effect to your business. So I recommend Definitely. for all businesses to really be conscious of their business source and the percentage of business that comes from each of those client bases mm-hmm. as well to minimise that risk to a business. But, you yeah. know, well done for overcoming it to be the Thank success you. that you are. I mean, there's Thank so many you. people that that wouldn't have been able to do that and it's such an achievement for you. Now, I loved, you. I love your brand, Coco and Lucas Kitchen, and personally my son, as I've said to you, he loves eating mm-hmm. them and they're so nutritious as well, especially for busy mums and there's many of us out there that uh, care, you know, really want our kids to have nutritious food and I love the product. So I'll tell the listeners a little bit about it. Yes. So Coco and Lucas Kitchen is Australia's first junior foodie range of delicious, yes. healthy pre-made meals for three to 12-year-olds. And yes. you can find it many stockists throughout Australia, but you can also obviously go on the website and in Woolworths in Victoria. That's where I get it from. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about starting that business and the journey there. Um, This is, um, even today, I can't actually believe that I launched Copen Lucas and how well not just Australian has taken the brand, but um, internationally. Like I'm actually in the talks with people like Middle East and and Asia um, and China. 
So, and even Europe. So, you know, it's um, when I started those ingredients, I said to my husband, you know, I, uh, I didn't know anything about ingredients, but I just know that I love the food space. So for five or six years, the first five years, Caroline, I, um, those ingredients helped me pay off all my debts. And it's a business that's very close to my heart. And, you know, as I told you before earlier, my background is, you know, I, I just love beautiful things and I, I, I love art and I love fashion. And I said to my husband, you know, for five years, I, I really love, you know, making food for those ingredients like in the small good industry. But can I just do something that I really love? And, you know, I, um, I have two kids and I've never beat my kids food on the market because I'm just I'm a person that looks at everything like I looked at you know I looked as I put myself as a customer like why I'm not buying these products and I thought you know there is a gap in the market uh, there is a gap for you know there's food for kids between zero to four and there's uh, food for uh, for adults but there isn't food for the space of what I call junior foodies between three to twelve and I, I did my research, and the portion is around 220 grams, and some, some kids might eat more than that, and some kids might eat less. So, and and when I launched Coco Lucas, I'm inspired by my by 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 the two three people in my life. It's firstly my daughter Coco, who is a fussy eater, and she always wanted me to cook her meals, and it has to look perfect, and it has to be beautiful. <laughs> and there's Lucas, who uh, who is my great nephew. He when he was born, he had all these food intolerance and been, you know, Vietnamese, we didn't know what food intolerance means. So he was always sick and crying and had itchy skin and was just losing weight really rapidly because everything he ate, he can't he can, um, maintain it. So we we went to see obstetrician, um, a pediatrician to, to understand why he's not holding his food in and he had intolerance of gluten, lactose, seed, peanuts, eggs, fish, and and seed. So mm. uh, I, uh, it took me really, by the time Coco Lucas is launched, it really took me two years, um, Caroline, because I didn't want just Coco Lucas to be a marketing brand. I wanted to be an Australian brand that, and a national brand that Australian love. Yeah. And it took me one year to build my kitchen to, um, you know, through safety hazards certified with WQA, SQF, um, Australian Certified Organic, HACCP, to make sure that we are actually compliant with um, WQA and quality assurance and quality control. And I invested over $2 million in my kitchen to, to build that commercial kitchen, yeah. which can generate over 3 million meals a year. So that was my number one thing to do. And then I, did, I didn't I did actually pull any extract or data research from any food company. I actually went out and did my own research and went with my gut feeling. And at first, my family were a bit skeptical because they said to me, you know, you're, you're, you're Asian, you're a refugee, you're not one of the big boys, who's going to buy your food? And I think for them to say that to me, it actually triggered me to work 10 times more to prove to them, Wrong. hey, Yep. If, it, if it doesn't mean if it, if it means if it hasn't been done before, it doesn't mean it's not going to work. So I ask myself one question: um, You know, why would anyone dig so deep in their pocket 
to pay $5 for my meals, that's in Woolworth, and for the gluten-free and lactose-free range, five ninety nine. So I looked at nine things. I looked at nutrition. So my meals is a balanced diet of protein, vegetables, and carbohydrates. And number two, I look at convenience. So, you know, parents can just buy my food and put it in the microwave, and within three minutes, it's, it's, um, it's ready to eat. And number three, I looked at age-appropriate. So, you know, and my meals are actually low sodium and um, it's, uh, it's the perfect size for the junior foodies. And then I look at being environmental responsible. So most of my packaging, 90% is biodegradable. And then I look at child obesity because more than 25% of Australian kids are overweight. Yeah. And I look at the junior foodies movement. So... Kids these days, if they're nine, they, I think they want to act like 12. And they, for them, it's just not eating out. They want to take Instagram. They want to be on Facebook. And, you know, they, they're very trendy. So um, I looked at that as well. And I look at um, increasingly time poor for parents. So most parents work these days, and they don't want to feel guilty, and they want to feed kids food that is, um, you know, uh, nutritionally balanced. And I look at the demographic growth. So between the three to 12 years old um, demographics, 12% of Australian, like in that age group, is growing more. And and then I look at um, children's food intolerance, like the um, the gluten and the lactose. So, and, and then I want to make sure that, you know, it's uh, the magic number is five. Because mum wants, as soon as you say to someone the product is handmade, or is source ninety percent Australian produce, it shouldn't be nine dollars because parents can't pay that much. So I, I think my, 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 my brand is about and if you've noticed all the photos artwork on my, my branding is uh, photos of my real kids and I've turned that into I, I was inspired by Banksy art. And I, I it's it's a it's a brand with a lot of substance, with integrity, authenticity and it's a brand where for me it's not about making money, but it's about giving back to the Australian you know, to to our uh, our, our our community and that mum feels very safe to buy my product. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's how Coco and Lucas was born. I love that story and particularly a couple of points is the fact that you did your research, you looked at a you, you identified a gap in the market. You understood Mm -hmm. the challenges that parents go through with, you know, trying to balance everything that they've got going on and and convenience is key, but so is also taking care of their kids and and feeding them nutritious Mm -hmm. food, which is vital. And I know as a mum, it's really challenging to balance everything and you do get that guilt. So you've ticked a lot of boxes there, but most importantly, I think is I love your passion for a food but also wanting to make a difference and wanting to give back to the community because that's so important and I've always said in business and my values are very much around Mm -hmm. in business putting your team and your customers first and everything else will follow and and doing the right thing by you know the people within your business because it's the people that make your business and when I say people I mean customers and team and And it's, it's, this is exactly what you're doing and you're, you know, you're achieving a lot as a result. And I think once you, you know, we talk about integrity and once any business 
starts to look at the market and see how am I solving a problem? How can I contribute and give mm-hmm. back? It changes everything, you know. It does because you know I I didn't for me I didn't for me it was for my passion. It, 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 the dollar sign was never first on my my list. It was my passion. And I really think when you're so passionate, and I want to use the word compassion as well, because I I do everything with compassion, and and um and I'm not scared to say this. Like I could actually have the two and a half million dollars and buy a home and be happy, but I was not satisfied. Yeah. And if I was lucky, I would just break even the first year. And I'm not embarrassed to say that because for me. Satisfying the consumer was number one priority for me. And I wanted a brand with authenticity. And if people, you know, hear and can feel what I stand for, I will know in the end, you know, they will always support me. Oh, and it's it's my legacy to to have that that good name. Like it's important to me. You know, reputation's everything. So yeah. um yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I just really do believe and I have faith that the brand will go far because I think it's a very genuine brand. Yeah, very much so. And I think that that comes through even in your brand packaging and everything that you've done for the business and for the consumer. You recently took out the small business category at the Ethic Business Awards. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yes, that was very special. (laughs) Yeah, what did that mean to you? Um, it, it it means so much to me, so many way because for me it was, um, you know, it's also for me the most because you know, Caroline, when I came to Australia, I've actually lived in the worst suburb, you know, a, a suburb where there's a lot of criminal rate, and you know, I went to the worst public school and and the worst high school, so I just want to, you know, it, it, it was an application that was. You know, there was 500 applications, over 47 nationalities. And I just want to inspire other people. And I think since I wonder what so many people who, who who were having the same background to me, like I've inspired someone to say, you know, you, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Like um, through against all odds or regardless of what happened to you or, or what background you come from, you, you can do it if you put your heart and mind to it. And and I just want to show people that based on my um on how I got here, I, I've actually had so many knockbacks and, and, and failures and losing everything. Like if I looked at all my losses, I've actually lost three times in my life. The first time was losing our house and our dog to, to come to Australia. And then we lost again through the you know, the, the, the pirate robbing on the boat. And then, you know, in 2009, I lost everything again. So I've lost a lot of big, tremendous things in my life three times. And I just think just because I lose everything, I can actually still can make it. Yeah. So for me to apply that award, it's, it's also representing my heritage. I'm half Chinese, half me. So it's, I want to inspire people to be able to, um, to, to do what I can do. You know, if you put all your heart and your passion and absorb all your possibility, anything can happen. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's very true. And as you've just mm-hmm. described, your business journey has been a bumpy one. And, that you know, yeah. it is, as an entrepreneur, the journey is has its ups and downs and we go through that on a daily basis. 
And a lot of mm-hmm. entrepreneurs feel that. So what, what would be the three biggest lessons you've learned in business, DM? The three business lessons is, you know, to have any successful business, I think number one, uh, you, 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 um, you need to treat your staff really, really well. Um, and you need to really understand your business inside out. And I, I think what works for me not, might not work for anyone else, but I like to really engage very deeply with whether it's my, my, uh, my staff, my, my client, my supplier, my bankers. I need to know every single step of my business. And even if it means like I'm not doing those jobs, I need to be entrenched and engaged in all those important roles that makes a business successful. And I think for me that having a brilliant idea or having a brilliant product is not enough. You 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 need to be you know like a, a business. And I, I'm lucky that I work in a corporate because corporate has. I, I used to work for Optus. Is corporate. It, it taught me to understand about a lot of things like you know cost centers, uh, discipline. It taught me about team playing. It taught me about HR. It taught me about administration. It taught me about cash flow. So you know I combine all the things in my life and journey to make my business work today. And and thirdly, um, I think you 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 really have to be very unique in business. Like you need to offer a product that is very unique and authentic and original. Like you need to make a difference in your business to stand out. Yeah, that that's my top three things. Yeah, they're very. And 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 I think you know in business, you know, Caroline, I have. Up, up and I have made decisions that are wrong, but I think you you shouldn't take it as a negative thing. You need to learn from it. You look at it as an experience and learn from it, and 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 do things differently the next time. Yeah. So so I think learning from your mistakes and being resilient is very important as well. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I think yeah. there is so much to be gained from the learnings from our mistakes. And at the time, it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily feel that way, but that's where you really yeah. learn. A successful business person never makes those mistakes again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 If yeah. something happened to you, what would happen to your business? Um, it, it will still operate because I have invested in the last seven years Um you know, like or everything on my staff, because when you um, when you have such a strong team, and because in my business there's different areas. You know, there's the the warehousing, uh, the research and development. There's the food science part. There's the um, uh, manufacturing. There's finance. There's quality assurance. And I think in the last seven years, I have invested. And I didn't get paid very well. I'm talking about under 30000 a year for the first five years because I invested a lot of my genuine time, uh, a, lot of, a lot of caring and love. And I invested all a lot of money in my staff to make sure I think they're very loyal, they're very sincere, and they work with me uh, in harmony and they treat my business like as if it's their own. So I think... Nothing will change much except R&D will probably 
slow down a little bit because I'm the visionary person in business. So I'm the person that's always coming up with the new product, the new visionary. So that will probably slow down a little bit. But other than that, all the other areas are very well covered. So it will still run smoothly. Yeah. You know how pleased I am to hear that. That is exceptional because as a business owner, um, and I've always said, mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. even when I've run private businesses and corporate, yes. that if I got my role is if I get hit by a bus, this business still goes on, and that should be a primary focus for any executive leader mm-hmm. or entrepreneur, business owner, because it's so important yes. mm-hmm. that you know you're looking at what a succession plan look like how how your team are functioning and as you said the culture within the business is such a positive culture that they want to do right yeah. by the business they feel like it's their own business by the sounds of it yeah because you 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 know you need to give um the people like in our in our um I've learned from my grandfather that uh, you know I I asked myself a question Caroline do I want a business that lasts five years or do I want a business that is 50 years or 100 years? So I need to, if you want a long-lasting business, then there's a saying you have to eat last, which means in our culture that, you know, you need to invest all in your people Yeah. to make sure that they feel they are the most important, that they feel like they have the empowerment to, to make the changes. And when people have them that empowerment and the trust and the loyalty and they think it's their business, they're more likely to keep their heart and yep. they more they they stay loyal, and they will you know you 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 bring the best out of people, and people are more uh, visionary. And I don't mind that my 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 staff are smarter than me, and mm-hmm. I am one of those leaders that like to hear what contribution they can give me because they the one doing the work every day. What I have, um, you know, because I've created all the roles. It doesn't mean that I'm the best person creating that role because if they are down there, they're my frontline people and they're doing it every day, they, they probably have a better way of saying to me, Yimmy, can we do it this way? Because it's more, it's more economical. It gives you better KPI at the end. And I need to listen to my people. But at the same time, like I said, Caroline, I'm, I'm not a marketing company. I, I, I own my manufacturing. I'm entrenched. I'm engaged. I'm, I'm there every day because I looked, I, I looked in my last 45 years, all the businesses I see in front of my eyes, the owners are there working with the staff and there's nothing that I wouldn't do. You know, I do everything yeah. for my staff yeah. and I work with my staff. The only thing I can't do, I can't drive a forklift <laughs> and I'm I'm not very good with IT. I can't do those two things. <laughs> but, you know, if I, I, I know all the roles very well. Yeah, and it's so important yeah. as well to, as a leader, to be able to get to know the roles within your business and then step away, as you said, and empower people to to improve and to make recommendations and suggestions. Yes. And and yes. when they feel empowered, they do so much better and they their performance increases. And, yes. But also to get your hands dirty, you know, the, 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 the old management style of sitting in your ivory tower and giving directives is just, it's old school. And it, it, yes. it doesn't have a place in today's management style. It is very collaborative and yes. about leading your team to success and being uh-huh. that true leader. And it's so important. So well done on doing that and, and having Thank that you. philosophy. It's it's great. 
Now, DM, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night is um, I think my my children, Caroline. I um, I've worked really hard, and you know, I by saying that for me, business is very important to me. But um, I've always said that my family, and I work with an extended family, so there's thirty family members. Nearly half of them work with me. And uh, what keeps me at night is I think I believe in tranquility, peace, and harmony and balance. So I personally think for me is I need to have my family intact, happy, and uh, I know my kids are in the safe place and, you know, I take them to school every day. And, you know, when I know that they're happy, I can... I, 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 they, they the people that inspire and keep me going because I do want to build a good business so I can share with my family and in, in, and, and all, and naturally it will give my children a better living of standards. You know, I'm not yeah, talking about spoiling them with material things, but I'm able to have a, a bit of money left over to, to extend the curriculum and for them to experience the world. So, and for me, I I um I believe in collaboration, you know, and I'm a big collaborator and I love innovation. So sometimes I just wish my mind would stop working, but <laughs> it just never stops. So maybe I'm just too passionate and um I know that um yeah, and I yeah, I'm just passionate. I just for me it's not work, it's it's something I love doing. Yeah, and I completely agree with yeah. you. And I love that you say, yeah. you know, I wish my mind would stop working. I have that problem as well. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I'm That's sleeping, true, yeah. it's going, going, yeah. going, and just nice if it was quiet for a while. But that's what yeah. that's that's what we love doing, right? I mean, I know for myself and what yeah. you've just described, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. It's not a job. I just, yeah. it, it, I'm motivated by it, you know. It's not a chore for me. Yeah. And that's why I dedicate probably too much time to doing mm-hmm. what I love, but that's okay. Now, yeah. as we wrap up, what advice do you have for anyone struggling in business? Um, I think for me, um, I'm here today because, and this is one of my favourite uh, line is failing is not an option. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, you need to give any business time and you need to truly believe in it. And if you think you work hard, you need to work harder because when the successful the success kicks in, then it's very satisfying. So, and and I think when you you you're working on a project, once you make up on your mind, you need to be very determined and focused and work at it and work at it and work at it. Because I I sometimes once I make my decision, then I just talk about that decision or what my project I only work I only talk to the key people that I trust in my life and I work together with my team and make it a success success to make it very focused so um yeah so I I just think you know just truly believe what I've always went with my heart and my intuition Caroline because I think uh, it, it, it gives me ninety nine percent of the time the right answer. Yeah. So just just believe, you know, have a vision and believe in your heart, your intuition, what you want to do. But always do things. Um, you know, whatever you do, it has to be like I said. I'll repeat again. It has to be. It, it has to be about making a difference. It's about it's about contributing back to 
the community is not just about oneself. It's 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 about collaboration. It's um, it's it's been unique, and make sure that all the 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 um the the important roles in the business or the key roles or understand your business very very well because you just can't focus on one thing and let the other things go go uh, astray. So you you have to. I, I, I think been passionate about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. finally, DM, what does the future look like for you? The future is um, extremely exciting because I, um, I, uh, you know, Burger uh, Ingredients is um, growing um, steadily and it's going, uh, like, just this is the end of the year. So we always work nine months in advance for Burger Ingredients. So, you know, in the last, few days I've actually been given six new projects and um, I, I normally don't announce it until the product launch so it's with uh, big celebrity chefs uh, big um, you know I'm working with um, what I love about those ingredients is it's got a list of who of the who in Australia and they are all blue chip clients yeah. but I think Coco and Lucas is going to be the big big baby for me because I um I, I, I'm just so overwhelmed that it's not just been recognized within Australia, but I'm getting a lot of international recognition. And um, Australia is one country, but, you know, export is the world. And for yeah. me, it's very, um, it's over, it's very overwhelmingly exciting because, you know, for me, like, it's not about, um, it's it's about seeing my product on the shelf, not just in Australia but around the world. And you know, I I think that my passion from making a change has really paid off in after two years. Like it it's I'm just really happy about it. You know, this is um yeah, I'm just generally very happy that um I've I've actually launched a product under my own name that is um that is um that's gonna be uh, uh, potentially an international product, and that um, by saying that, not uh, you know, when I launched Coco Lucas, I uh, it's also a, a learning curve for me. I didn't know that if you're going to launch a national book launch, you need to have a strong media PR team to to go with it. So when I launched Coco Lucas, I only had Instagram, I only had Facebook, I only had LinkedIn. But to bring a product to a national, international level, you really need to work with a very strong marketing, PR, and media team. And, you know, I'm looking at at least spending in the new year another two or 300000 to inject in that area to grow to the business that everyone knows about. So, you know, this is all, it's an exciting time, but it's also a learning curve time for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and it mm-hmm. sounds like it is very exciting and very well deserved. And I think the fact that you can recognise that you continue to learn, which is so important. As soon as we think we know everything, yeah. we limit yeah. ourselves because nobody does. And I know, no matter how old I live to, I'm going to continue to learn mm. and be a sponge yeah. and soak everything up. That's what I love doing. It you keep developing and growing, yeah. and that's exciting. But taking your business globally is very exciting and the other projects yeah. that you've got as well sound and like you've got so yeah. much going on, you know, but it's well-deserved and and you should be Thank very you. proud of what you've achieved. 
Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. I mean, this means a lot to me that, um, you know, uh, firstly, you know, you're another woman that supports another woman. And, um, you know, like, I, I'm actually really overwhelmed that, you know, just to even get an interview on your podcast today is, is overwhelming. And I know the the, the entrepreneurial uh, ladies that you have, um, you know, interviewed, and they're all women that is part of my network, and they're all ladies that inspire me, and and you know, like they they amazing ladies. So I feel very honored and privileged to get the opportunity today. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, and I love sharing amazing yeah. women's stories. I think it's so important to support each other and and support where we can and help where we can uh, as opposed to there's too much, you know, where people put each other down or there's competitiveness. Mm -hmm. I I just don't buy into that and I think that there's enough space for everyone and, you know, supporting each other and helping each other is so important because life's too short and give while you can. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I I really want to also add that, you know, like today, for example, it, it, it gives me a boost too as well because, you know, I work with a family where I'm the only girl um, in the family and I'm actually the second youngest and um, sometimes I feel alone. So just having, knowing that I have women around you, I'm not alone. Yeah. So it gives me that sense of community and, um, you know, I know at least I have someone to go to and, and talk. Yeah. So it, it, it's beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much yeah. for your time today. I really appreciate Thank it you. and good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Honest CEO Show with Caroline Kennedy. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe on iTunes for your weekly dose on all things business. We've also made it easy for you by linking the subscribe to button on the virtual executive website. Caroline shares free business tools and resources there too. And if you're stuck and need some advice, book a free 30-minute session with Caroline or one of her team. Go to www.virtualexecutive.com.au and check it out.